0: Let's get on with the show. All
1: right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And uh, today I have with me Brent Cooper, who is the CEO and founder of Moves the Needle. Uh, You can learn more about him and his company at movestheneedle.com. He's also an author, which we'll probably get into in a little bit. I want to go ahead and bring him on now. Brent Cooper. Brent, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know that we almost missed each other. and So I'm so glad (laughs) that we made it happen.
2: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, it's a beautiful day here, uh Friday uh weekend coming. So uh yeah, it's all good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, one thing I I started to uh do at the start of or kind of the halfway through 2020 is do what I call mental health check-ins. I like to check in with people because you know, we are more than just our businesses, we're more than just our title, we're human beings. So, Brent, how have you been doing? How are things going with you lately?
2: Yeah, that's a I appreciate that. So uh I'm I'm really Taking this time to dive into my book, so to be honest, I normally pre-COVID traveled uh, quite a bit, quite mm. intensively, uh, and uh, and so being you know being here stuck at home, uh, it's a good time to write. Mm. Um, I'm also naturally uh, introverted, which people find a bit surprising, um, but so I'm very comfortable with being uh, you know with myself. That being said, <laughs> this is uh, this is goes to extreme, and and so I I feel like I'm forgetting how to socialize. So uh, I I do need to get back out there <laughs> in the world at some point. And uh, you know there have been some there have been some some mental downs to be pretty honest. And and uh, yeah, and I think that that's you know one of the, the the things that a lot of people are struggling struggling with. My my daughters are are out of the house. Uh, I'm, I'm no longer with my wife. And so uh, it's, it can Mm -hmm. be, you know, it's me and the animals. uh, And so it can be, it can be (laughs) hard sometimes, but I find that kind of goes in cycles too. And, and, and you do, I, you have to pay attention to your own, you know, your own needs.
1: Yeah. Well, Brant, thank you for um, just answering that question and being completely transparent. Um, It is a difficult time. And I think it's especially a difficult time for people who um, are alone. Um, I mean, yes, thank you to our animal companions, but, you know, it could get pretty lonely. And uh, I feel like I know how you feel when it comes to being introverted, because I, you know, I consider myself an introvert. I actually found out there's four types of introverts, by the way. And the one that I there's a Mm. YouTube video about it that I'll probably I can share with you maybe after this interview. But, um, one of the, the different, there's different types. And I I realized the type that I resonate with is called a social introvert, which means I love engaging with people at like my time, you know, like in, in, healthy boundaries and, and, you know, a good pace, but I like to unplug afterward and honor my time and recharge and stuff, but I don't completely like to isolate myself. And so, um, you know, and so podcasting is a, a great space for me to, you know, to fulfill that need of needing to socialize in these times.
2: Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I, I love to do keynotes and, you know, the audience can't be too big. I love that. And the energy you get from the audience is really incredible. Uh, But the networking afterwards, I'm, you know, I'm like (laughs) the couch flower, you know, like you can come and talk to me, but I'm not mingling. I'm not mingling and I'm not handing out my business card. But anyway, yeah. So I totally get that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I find I actually find that introverts make great public speakers because uh, you get to, you know, come rehearsed, uh, you know, before you go on stage. And even though it seems like you're talking to a lot of people, you're really talking to one audience. Um, But it's kind of like after the fact, like you mentioned, where you have to be a little more impromptu. It's like, I don't don't know. I'm good. (laughs) So that's what I'm hearing from you.
2: (laughs) I'm just not great at the small talk. You know, the big talk is good, the small talk not so much.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, Brett, let's go ahead and shift gears a little bit here. Uh, I introduced you as a CEO and founder of Moves the Needle. So for people that are hearing about your company for the first time, what is it about and who is it for?
2: Yeah, so basically, you know, my my history is, is you know, sort of in and out of entrepreneurship, you know, living through the dot-com boom and bust and and after the bus, there was, uh, you know, people talking about writing uh, about how do we build small businesses, startups, not so they look like big companies, but so that they're successful when they're small, right? And all businesses mm-hmm. start small by definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was one of those people thinking about it. And then and I ended up writing this book uh, called The Entrepreneur's Guide to Customer Development, which mm-hmm. was the first book that talked about lean startup and customer development and product Fit and pirate metrics and some of these things that were, we're we're sort of becoming a little bit popular in 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 the startup scene, the startup scene, and and that sort of launched this whole new career for me, helping small businesses and startups, uh, you know, figure things out. And so basically, what it's about the entrepreneurial is admitting what we don't know Mm -hmm. and and checking our and so we have to go and learn before we execute. And so then the whole growth of a business. Is figuring out how to balance what we need to execute on because of what we figured out, and what do we still have to go out and figure and, and figure out? What we did, what do we have to learn? Mm-hmm. So my business moves the needle after this became a really popular uh, methodology. Uh, big businesses started becoming interested in, interested because they're launching products all the time, and and mm-hmm. and their past is really ripe with failure, spending millions and millions of dollars building products that nobody wants. Mm. Um, and so, uh, and so that's what you know. We we moved in helping these large enterprises try to figure out anywhere inside of a business model. How do you experiment? How do you understand your customers? How do you leverage data and insights in order to inform decisions about whether you should be doing this product at all, as opposed to in most big companies this hierarchy where the smartest person in the room or the highest paid person in the room makes all the decisions based upon their own assumptions and their own biases. And so, so, so this is where, uh, this is what, this is essentially what the company does then is it's teaching them how to, you know, break down the, the market, go and test it and, and, and iterate all of the different assumptions until you find what actually works.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can you give us maybe, and you don't have to mention like company names or anything, but maybe like a a recent client or company that you've worked with that has gone through this process with you?
2: Yeah. So uh, over the summer, we did this all remotely, which was pretty insane. We worked with (laughs) a large uh, European medical device company and Mm. they are really gearing towards completely transforming their whole business. So they have Mm -hmm. these devices that have some amount of Digital connectivity, but they're but as a company, their different devices are isolated. And what they want to do is build a platform that brings all of the device data together, and then build applications on top of this data so that they can offer new products and services to patients, doctors, labs, healthcare providers, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for a, a client like that that wants to go that big, we started off with, uh, I guess, what we call an accelerator program. Mm-hmm. And so we put them through a five-day sprint where we teach them how to go and get empathy for their customers, for internal stakeholders, for doctors. So just this, this way of conversing with their market to try to learn from them what is actually needed, how to, how, what problems do they have, and what are the priorities of those problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and then run experiments to try to test the assumptions about your ideas and, and so we did that for 90 days. Essentially, we start with a sprint and then we coach them over 90 days. And we mm. had seven teams of 10 people each, I guess, each team. And so uh, it's really sort of this massive effort of really going out and learning the ecosystem and the landscape uh, in order to produce this, uh, this new platform. So we, at the end, you know, they hadn't built the platform yet. They had just get garnered all of this evidence that then they use in subsequent uh, work mm-hmm. uh, to try to figure out what to build next and what else they need to test. Mm-hmm. So our company is really focused on building the capabilities so the companies can do some of this work themselves as opposed to doing the work for them.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's incredible, and I appreciate you uh, really uh, painting that picture for us to better understand, um, you know, what your company does and how it can help um, businesses. And I really like your attitude on, you know, helping small businesses feel, uh, be successful without having to be a big business. Um, you know, I think, you know, cause I think that America is driven by small businesses. And so to know that you are, um, uh, helping that I think is astounding.
2: Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I totally agree. Small businesses are the backbone of, uh, America, they're the backbone of our economy. And of course they're super hard hit in, in the, uh, in the pandemic and not yeah. to get political, but I don't think that small businesses really have received the the support that they should. Mm. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, big businesses that also I think are, are adversely affecting small businesses. And I think that that's sort of opposite what we should be doing. Yeah. Um, but for the entrepreneur themselves, that really have a lot of control over that. You know, I think that there is an adoption of this mindset where they can go out and focus on what do I need to learn now in order to keep my business running? And what do I need to learn now in order to grow my business? And, and taking a very disciplined approach to that rather than just kind of throwing stuff against the wall. Yeah. It's how can I take a disciplined approach to figuring those things out? And, and I really think, you know, uh, it's likely your entrepreneurs who have already got started and already have a business can do that. You know, yeah. they just kind of have to go back to that the early, the mindset of the early days when that's mm-hmm. probably what they did. They didn't invest all of their life savings in whatever their idea was. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs, I think, sort of naturally want to go and, and sort of test. And um, and so a lot of what we teach is is really about the the process of learning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to what you're saying. Um, You know, you help them learn and you help them you help them execute and you help them try to find the balance. Like when do you just keep learning and when do you execute, but when do you stop to execute, to learn, you know, it's kind of this uh, cycle and you know, they have, they complement each other and you have to find that balance. And so exactly right. Yeah. I wrote that down in my notes here. I put like a circle, like an arrow, like kind of circulating around uh, learning and executing. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the theme I got from you
2: yeah I think it's 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 uh it's interesting because uh while I think again I think entrepreneurs sort of do this naturally to some degree mm-hmm. most that I talk to don't think about it in those terms, including you know growth startups and big companies they just don't think about the uncertainty part of it mm-hmm. and and so I think again, I think the pandemic drives some of that home right so this is something yeah. that hit us externally that we had really no control over and so that means that suddenly there's massive amounts of uncertainty. Yeah. And you can break that uncertainty down to you know what is the uncertainty that we can't control, right? We can't control when the pandemic ends. Mm. Okay, so we're going to set that aside and 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 try not to worry about it. What can we focus on? We can focus upon the uncertainty that we do have some control over. Like mm. Who are we trying to sell to? And what are the needs of our market during this pandemic? So if you're a business that's selling to other small businesses and they're struggling, that means your market's changed. And so there's Mm -hmm. a lot of uncertainty again about the products and services that you're supplying to them, Mm -hmm. or it could be that you're selling directly to consumers and they're worried about their their budgets now, right? And so the Mm -hmm. market's changed a little bit. And so once it's changed a little bit, we have to go back into our own thinking that we're now in this uncertainty mode. And so we have to, we can't just execute on what we knew before. We have to go back out and learn again. Yeah, Um, And so it's really, it it is, it's striking that balance. And so it's being self-aware around, okay, well, what has changed? What do we not know anymore?
1: Yeah. I like how you mentioned, um, kind of going back to that spirit when they first started off as entrepreneurs and, um, you know, the willingness to learn and experiment and, you know, like try things out. Because I think, uh, I think, I mean, I think human nature is to eventually, like, settle into something and, and stick with something that's comfortable. Um, and even as entrepreneurs, as innovative and, um, you know, big idea type of people we can be, um, we are still looking, we are fi- still trying to find a sense of stability and predictability. But with the pandemic, it definitely reminded us that uh, we chose this route for a reason, <laughs> because we want to be, you know, we want to pay attention to what the needs are of our customers today, not yesterday, you know, but today. And that is the I think the excitement and drive that most of us have to remember that we had early on.
2: Yeah, I I I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that the I think that the the opportunity is there mm-hmm. because uh, you know when the market kind of goes into a flux like that, it's you know sort of all of the other businesses out there are, are affected similarly. And so if you are the one that actually can get out there and learn from your customers and glean some insights. Yeah. Insights not only in the in the specific needs of the customer, but insights in how you might capitalize it on those even during the pandemic. And so are there digital solutions or whatever? And so it starts gets gets you back into that that sort of that creative energy. Um, and I think that, you know, just generally, I like the concept of a founder or CEO is responsible for uncertainty. Mm. And they want to hire people that can execute on what's been learned. And so I think that there is a trap there that you mentioned, which is that getting comfortable and getting familiar. And so that the founder often ends up being the one that's also executing on what they've learned. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, they believe that they're the best ones to do it. And so that, that's what they're going to go do. And that's all fine, but mm-hmm. the business won't grow with that. The way the business grows is if they can formulate that blueprint such that somebody else can actually do that job, not as well as them, but good enough, right? Mm -hmm. Good enough is sort of a threshold. I need to hire somebody that's good enough to do the job, you know, to a degree that my customers are still getting the value. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as founder, I go off into the uncertainty. I go off into the unknown, which could be what are additional products I could offer that existing market or services, or what are some adjacent markets that I can actually go and try to tackle That will then end end up growing the business if that's, you know, if that's what the entrepreneur wants. If they're Mm -hmm. happy with where they're at, that's great too. Uh, But but I sort of like the concept of founder concentrates on the unknown. So as I learn, I pass that off to somebody Mm. who's capable of doing the blueprint and now I'm going to go into the next unknown.
1: Yeah, I, I love that. That actually reminds me of my husband, who's the CEO and founder of our company, and um, he's always very uh, forward-thinking. Um, but you know, we're still building that infrastructure to delegate. You know, these ideas for someone else to run with, because if he runs with it, he he eventually wants to run with another idea. <laughs> and so, before you know, we have right. all these incomplete stuff. And you know, I, I've learned and throughout the years that you're not supposed to have a visionary do the work. I mean, it may it may it may seem like the visionary is um, you know scattered are brained or like they're not, you know, committed to something, but they're, they're a CEO, you know, for a reason, they have to look ahead. They have to see, you know, the changes that may be coming ahead. And so your conversation very much reminded me of kind of the, the style or the mentality that even my own husband has.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because there is a danger on that side too. And I think I've done this a bunch of times and I've done mm. this, even as like the head of product management in a, in a startup company, I end up spreading the company too thin, mm, and so mm. I, the the I think that the the operational aspect of it is super super important. Like there may be more things to learn within that existing idea, um, and so I have to be before I just leave that to others. I need to make sure that that en- engine is running really strong, mm. and then as I go out and I get a new idea. I want to test those ideas, and I'm responsible for testing as well before mm. I pass it on. So I only pass it on after it's proven yeah. to that 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 this is somewhere where, where where we need to go. And also, hopefully, what I am able to do is hire a new group to tackle that new idea, not not adding more on top of the existing yeah. people, which yeah. I think is is the mistake that I've made in the past. I mean, I guess I. I never really considered myself an idea person, but I can get going. And then, those, once you get going, the ideas come fast and furious. And, mm. and it's really up to the the founder, even though you may be the quote unquote visionary. It's super important that you you don't defocus the rest of the organization just because you've got a lot of ton of, a lot of ideas. And so yeah. again, the founder needs to be the one that's disciplined about doing the empathy work and the experiments and using the evidence to make the decision. Um, before it's passed off onto the the core business.
1: Yeah, that's all very um, very sound advice. That um, when this episode is available, I will probably share it with my husbands.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know, for you know, don't don't don't. I don't want to be on his bad side. You know, I'm sure. No, no, no. Seat, I say know. that playfully. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that.
1: Me um, but you know, Brant, Before I shift gears here, I wanted to ask you: Is there anything else you want people to know about your company? Moves the needle.
2: Yeah, no, I mean the moves the needle really is focused on the large enterprises. That's who really has the sort of budget to mm-hmm. to hire for these type of things. Um, you know, I do have some free tools on my website and 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 the small business entrepreneurs are are more than welcome to go and, and download those. Um I also have a separate site, uh, startupbluebook.com, which is really more geared towards the the entrepreneur. Um, and i 've got a book a digital book on there, and also some tools and videos about how to apply some of those techniques and so people are welcome to go uh, over there as well.
1: Yeah, I love that. Thank you for uh, sharing that brand so um, in shifting gears i I just have to know, were you always an entrepreneur i I know you mentioned that you have a startup background and survived the dot com boom, but has this always been you?
2: <laughs> you know what i it's so funny i I, I mean I kind of want to ask no. But mm-hmm. um, I want to answer no, but you know, I worked in a job out of college for one year, mm-hmm. and then I dropped out and went and wrote a novel. And so <laughs> that would not be considered an entrepreneur, and yet it is the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so the reason why I ended up going out on my own was because I worked at a bunch of companies, and I was a horrible employee. Mm. And why was I a horrible employee? (laughs) Because I wanted to do things my way. And so I was tossed around like a hot potato between all of these managers because I was unmanageable. And so so I think that there's some sort of an entrepreneurial spirit that was always there, though I Mm -hmm. never really dreamed of being, again, I never thought of myself as the idea person and somebody that would start and run a business. And yet when push came to shove, that is what I did. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it sounds to me that you always had it in you. You just started to put it into practice after you've, you know, worked multiple jobs and just couldn't you couldn't just hold down a job or you just couldn't stay there because like you didn't want to be told what to do. And that sort of reminds me of like my early days of realizing I was an entrepreneur. In my young 20s, even though I had a bachelor's degree and I thought I was set for life, I was fired from four jobs consecutively. And I just, I just looking back, I know it was mainly my fault. I'm taking responsibility for that now, not at the time (laughs) though. And I realized I just couldn't, I just couldn't, um, you know, like settle into like normalcy and routine and seeing the same people every day. Like I wanted diversity. I wanted, you know, to try different things. I wanted to, you know, challenge the system in a way. And, and so, you know, a decade now, a decade later, like having been self-employed, it's like, wow, I'm, I, now I know why that was the case. Like, it's not that I was a bad, it's not that I suck at jobs. It's just that I was better meant to be an entrepreneur. And that totally. sounds like it's a little similar situation for you as well. You're just like, that's just, that just wasn't me. I just couldn't fit in the shoe. Like it just wasn't my, it wasn't my fit.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I guess it, you know, if I had had my druthers, I had been a good enough writer. I would have been very happy with just being a writer. So I think that there's a, there's an entrepreneurial spirit in I think in artists, and I think mm-hmm. there's an artist spirit in entrepreneurs Yeah, and you yeah. can even apply it to like people that are at the top of their science field. And so people would think like, oh, well, science, that's not, but there's still that spark of creativity and, and thinking of something new and trying new things. And so I think that there's a bunch of different, you know, aspects, the way that spirit is, is, uh, is exercised. And a matter of fact, it's really even part of what we're teaching large enterprises because Mm -hmm. they can't, they shouldn't be losing the entrepreneurs. They actually need to run their businesses such that the entrepreneurs can thrive Mm. and they're just not organized and structured to be that way. And that's part of the problem. That these big companies run into, mm-hmm. and so they need to be able to actually create a culture where they empower the entrepreneurial people inside their organization to be entrepreneurial, and that yeah. will only help that business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that, uh, Brant, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I want to thank you so much for uh, thank you again for being here. Uh, before we go, any closing thoughts? Any parting advice you want to share to our entrepreneurs and small business owners listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur?
2: yeah i guess the last thing is when i talk about going out and understanding your customers i literally mean going out and meeting them which again is is difficult uh during the pandemic Mm -hmm. Um, but go choose five of your customers or ten of your customers and schedule zoom meetings with them have a zoom coffee with them yeah just check in just see how they are in the same way you checked in with me at the beginning of the conversation And see if, if you have those conversations, you uncover these needs, these ways that you can help uh, your customer. And guess what? They're going to remain loyal to you. They mm. may be able to pay you for those services. Uh, but in and, and the five or 10 that you end up connecting with, will represent a larger market. So you don't mm. have to worry about doing hundreds or thousands. The five or 10 will actually represent part of your market. So just go out there and do it. Go, go schedule some Zoom calls with your customers.
1: Yeah, and there's no better time to do that than now because um, exactly right. people are at home and they're lonely. So take advantage of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brent, it's been such a pleasure again speaking with you. Thank you again so much for joining us here on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me, Jen.
1: Yeah. And once again, to our listeners, this is Brant Cooper, the CEO and founder of Moves the Needle. You can learn more about him and his company at MovesTheNeedle.com. And also, if you want to learn about his books, you can go to BrantCooper.com forward slash author. With that said, thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program,